Hey guys, welcome to the Working Title Podcast, Episode 7. Uh, today's episode, I'm going to have Blade Frank on, and Blade Frank is a bit of a skeptic, which is nice, because it uh, kind of evens, uh, evens out my wild theories about things. Um, today we're going to be touching on the subject of reptilians, amphibious humanoids, satanic ritual abuse, and a guy named Kyle Odom, who... Uh, left a manifesto behind after he attempted to murder a pastor at a church in Idaho uh, because he thought the guy was an amphibious humanoid that was ruining his life. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a bit odd. Also, I read the entire manifesto towards the end. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the Working Tunnel Podcast. Today we have Blade Frank with us. It's episode um, seven. Oh. It is your podcast. <laughs> I have not, not seen a single one. I, <laughs> well, thanks for the support. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's episode seven. It's been a few weeks since I've done any of this. Um, today we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories. Um, more specifically, uh, reptilians, uh, amphibious humanoids, and satanic ritual abuse. Okay. I like that last one. <laughs> Um, so first thing, uh, I've got a question, uh, what, what comes to mind when you first think of the reptilian conspiracy theory? Because it's become a meme in today's culture. I have no idea where it's based from, but, uh, so, I remember watching this video a long time ago, when I was heavy into conspiracies. In this video, it was like a, a reading of a, an interview with a reptilian, uh, a while back. It's a Swedish, so it was translated to English. Um, of course. The reptilian was Swedish? Yeah, no, the person interviewing the reptile was Swedish. So I guess the reptile came out of the ground one day mm. and like just like having a conversation. Came out of the basement or something, had a conversation with this person and they recorded it. Did it look like a reptile? Um, well, it had a skin suit on, right? So oh, they're shapeshifters. Oh, kind of. It was more like a suit they put on to protect themselves from, so from people in general, from judgmental people mm. who don't get the reptilian lifestyle and also from the sun. So, reptilian lifestyle, yeah. yeah. So, like, the skin suit was heated? I don't know. If it was made up, it's really detailed. Do you suppose reptilians could be behind global warming? <laughs> just pumping out? Just How would they do that? Well, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, but, like, they would want it, right? They would want more sun. Well, they need it, yeah. yeah exactly. They're trying to groom the world to be more... That's why they're in the fossil fuel. It could be. But they run the problem, though, because if you block out any sun with all the forest fires and all that, they can't They can't raise their body temperature naturally from the sun, so fungus will destroy them. So yeah, That's unfortunate. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not done. I'm not done here. The <laughs> reptiles coming out of the ground. The video was so cool because it was like 2012 when I mm-hmm. listened to it. Um, it. I was just so fast. Like, oh, wow. What if? What if they live underground? A couple miles underground, they have their own civilization. Like, mm-hmm. what if? And they're controlling everything. Illuminati goes into that, too. But we don't talk it. about that today. I get we? it. No, well, we might, we might okay. touch on that a little bit. Uh, so before we, we get into the nitty-gritty of these conspiracy theories, I've got a very specific question. Uh, what do you think is required for a conspiracy? Not a conspiracy theory, but for a conspiracy. For a successful conspiracy to work. Or, or you know, not work, but to be a successful conspiracy. So... So to say. Oh, so a successful. So one thing I noticed about conspiracies, you have your basic. You basically have to accept one. 
one conspiracy, and that is usually your branching off point. So, you're, are you familiar with Occam's razor? Yeah. Yeah, so it's most... Uh, what is uh, most likely the case is probably the case. Yeah, so what happens with conspiracies, they find that one, and they don't adhere to Occam's razor with this. So they're like, what if... Are you thinking conspiracy theories? I'm talking actual conspiracies. Well, you will ha- well actual conspiracies are true. It's just information that's not... In order to true. uphold a, a successful conspiracy, mm-hmm. you know, conspiracy to take over the government conspiracy to poison everyone's food, what would be necessary? What would have to happen in order for a conspiracy to go underneath everyone's noses and accomplish their goal successfully? I'm just confused about what exactly you're asking here because there are different types. There are proven conspiracies, things that are true that someone had hidden knowledge of that was inside that system or whatever was happening. that's a successful conspiracy if they were ousted. Well, it's a conspiracy until it's shown to be something like Watergate, right? I mean, conspiracy is, you know, a bunch of people like, all right, we're going to do this thing, and it's going to be secret. Oh, okay. And uh, that's what I mean, like a successful conspiracy. Well, on that point, I have no idea because I've never done one. I've never never been involved in one that did anything. You've never been a conspirator. I've never been a conspirator, no. Um, Because there's a, a big difference between a conspirator... A conspiracy theorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess to be successful, you'd have to have this great idea. You'd have to have a group of people that all have some form of power to enact it, and you'd have to do it without the better, pow- the bigger power stopping you. That's the bigger power. What if they are the bigger power? Well, then they got it. They got it covered. They get, they took care of it. Um, uh, we'll stop the podcast there. Checkmate. <laughs> well, so if. You- can I talk about the conspiracy theory yes, point? Yes. Okay. So basically, you, you have that central one where you're, you ignore Occam's razor and you're like, this one is probably not the most likely, but this is fucking cool. Like, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, this, what if? And then you say, what if enough times, you get this bubble that forms where like, this is part of your reality now. Mm-hmm. And then you use that as a branching off point to go to different places where it's like, so Occam's razor kind of reverses here. So it would be... The most probable in a real reality with a good central worldview would end up being reverted back to that bubble, which is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But you're reverting every part of your new, every new information comes back to that, and you're basing it. So basically, you're just you stack all these most unlikely things on each other, and eventually you become delusional and believe shit like flat Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a common argument against conspiracy theories is that uh, people just want to believe in a world that's more exciting. Or a, a world that has more uh, reason, even if that reason is, is completely evil. Something that has more structure. They kind of want to believe that uh, people are more in control than, than people are. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an antidote to chaos. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say it's, they like the simpler ideas. Mm-hmm. So like the Illuminati, for instance, that's a, a cabal of like a group of very powerful people that control the world. So simple. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to overlook the fact that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And you, basically the most problems in the world are from a bunch of different powerful people who don't like each other and probably never talk to each other, doing whatever they think would be best for them. Yeah, it's a simple enemy. It's kind of like uh, saying Antifa. Yeah. It's like this giant group of organized criminals that aren't really that organized. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, couldn't it also be said that people don't subscribe to conspiracy theories because the implications are quite terrifying? I, 
from my perspective, uh, no, maybe to others, but to me, the real world is a hell of a lot more terrifying than a small group of individuals doing something, right? So, like, like that's a very simple answer. It, with that simple kind of answer, th- that group can be easily held accountable. Whereas what's happening in our real world and all the problems with it, you can't hold a single group accountable. You, you have to, like, somehow conquer ideologies. You have to conquer a religion and a whole state in order to beat that problem they're producing. But that's, not, that's one isolated problem. All those problems stack like nodes and connect to each other if that makes sense perhaps conspiracy theories come off as simplistic because they are uh, they are so limited in their knowledge of what's actually going on they're not on the in they're on the out looking in so say you have a conspiracy theory that rose hours down the street here is run by a bunch of uh, satanic <laughs> ritual abusers you know people that you know, kidnap kids off of Sprague and, mm-hmm. and and take them and, you know, put them on a Christmas tree or something. I don't know. I don't know what they do. But uh, the outside perspective, if you just see one thing, it would be there's people in robes. They're taking kids. They're, 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 the kids are disappearing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's all they're going off of. I mean that. So they saw they saw the robes. A much bigger, <laughs> intricate web of things. Yeah. That, that isn't so simple. Yeah. It, it could be much more complex, but unfortunately, we have, uh, for the sake of argument, uh, just limited, uh, limited amounts of evidence, which makes limited amounts of information drawable from that. What, what was the, what was the initial question there? <laughs> what. <laughs> The initial question is, uh, uh, how can we uh, make these uh, conspiracy things anything but simplistic without having enough evidence uh, to support them? <laughs> yeah, well, well, first, you, you need evidence. Like, a lot of the stuff that comes out, like, they're, they're just being very creative in terms you know, of... I, I know ten very strong women that would disagree with you. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, sign me up. I need some challenging women in my life. Um, or any any woman in my life would be great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think all conspiracy theories are kind of simplistic, way simpler than the actuality. Well, because the actuality has evidence you have to look at. Yeah, maybe. Or you can you can actually look at. Is usually what the real world has. There are a lot of things you can't look at, though. Like what? Let's acknowledge that. Like I've never been able to look at a black hole. Okay. <laughs> Nobody can, but we have instruments that can do that. Yeah, but I'm not an instrument. <laughs> we have theoretical physicists who understand the math. Theoretically. <laughs> not the same type of the- theory involved in, in physics as opposed to conspiracies. <laughs> All right, now let's just dive, <laughs> let's just dive into this uh, reptilian theory here. Um, from what I've garnered from my, uh, random sources, <laughs> do you know who David Icke is? I've heard that, yeah, he has that Netflix documentary, doesn't he? David Icke is an infamous, uh, conspiracy theorist who, who, who is a big, uh, reptilian guy. Mm. Now I don't know much about David Icke. But he did interview a woman from the UK named Arizona Wilder. Uh, and... 
she claims that she's witnessed many of these uh, ritual reptilian abuse ceremonies. <laughs> what, what type of abuse? So, what I, what I got from it, because I've, I've done a little bit of research into the satanic ritual abuse and whatnot, is uh, this is uh, kind of a morph between satanic ritual abuse and reptilians. They're just kind of mixing them together and uh, hoping it... I mean, it probably sticks, right? It's probably real. It has to, yeah. David Icke said uh, it, yeah. Uh, he didn't say it. No. The woman he was interviewing did. Okay. And I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know if she was... It's not anecdotal at all. Yeah, she's probably right. Uh, but anyways, she says that the reptilians need blood to maintain sanity and form. Now, they don't just need any blood, mind you. You know what they need? Children's. Adrenochrome. Oh, God, damn. That's close. <laughs> now, you know, uh, do you know what adrenochrome is? I have no idea. Neither do I. <laughs> but... <laughs> Adrenochrome is uh, is made from the oxidization of adrenaline. All right, isn't that pretty interesting? Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was doing some research into the old satanic ritual abuse, uh, they said that they would uh, torture these children before draining their blood and drinking it oh. in ritual abuses. So it raises the adrenaline, That's the right. fear of flight response. That's okay. Right. Now, they didn't mention shit about adrenochrome in those other documentaries about yeah. satanic ritual abuse. But as soon as I watched this Arizona Wilder interview, oh, man, the dots just started connecting. Just right, yeah, just right, <laughs> to it. right back to that initial idea. It all makes sense That's now. That's right. Uh, so they need to terrorize their victims so that their blood is drinkable to maintain their their youthful look. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what reptiles need, especially reptilian humanoids, but I imagine they need blood. Now, <laughs> uh, she claims that George Bush, Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan, Hillary Clinton, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Henry Kissinger, uh, Jay Rockefeller, Gerald Ford, Dr. Joseph Mangella, and Tony Blair are all shape-shifting reptilians. Tony Blair, that one stings. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you can re- usually tell if someone's telling the truth by, uh, by the details they give in their accounts. Now, she said everyone had their own goblet. Right? So it's like bring your goblet to school. Yeah, they were all jewel encrusted, and each one had a dagger attached to it. Ooh. Yeah, so they can just stab them in the heart when they're scared enough, so they can just. Just really convenient, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Way more convenient than having a dagger and a cup. Something you would find on Amazon. Yeah. Now, she also remarked that uh, the people doing these rituals, they, they wore robes with no clothes underneath. You know what? No. Well, because when they morphed into their reptilian form, they don't want to damage their clothes, you know? Oh, because they're... What? Their clothes are that important? I mean, you know, they're rich people. They they get, like, you know, high designer quality uh-huh. shit, you know? <clears throat> that, that actually does make sense, yeah. Now, she said the Queen of England was cold and cruel, and uh, that when she morphed into a reptilian her nose became like a snout she got fangs and incisors and uh, her tongue was long and pointy with projection projectiles coming out of it yeah i don't know 
what she meant by that, but she said it. Projectiles, verbatim. Uh, projections. Oh. Projections, I guess. It's like like a lisp or something where they spit. Yeah, and they become taller and bigger and unrecognizable. They don't have hands or feet. They be, they get claws. Animorphs. Yeah, I don't. Oh, okay. Except you know, like uh, they're real. Oh. <laughs> Animorphs are real, but yeah, continue. And now. Uh, their colors are beige to gold to dark greenish gold. Their scales? And they've got protrusions on their head. No, they, yeah, they're, they're scales, and, and they do have scales. Okay. <laughs> as long as we're clear. Now, now, the biggest mark of a reptilian is their vertical slits on their eyes. You know, I'm uh-huh. sure you've seen this. You know, uh, there's uh, all over YouTube. You just type in reptilian and then, like, reporter or, or changing, and you'll, you'll get all sorts of videos of people with vertical slits in their eyes or people trying to maintain their human form while on air and they also they blink uh horizontally rather than the top right they've got a nice little like hood that covers their eye oh yeah kind of like camels i think camels have it they have a hood yeah kind of like a sand hood i might be (laughs) (laughs) camels have sand hoods yes i might be thinking of a different animal okay I think it's a camel. They would need that. I would hope they would. It'd probably help. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Now, they're they're addicted to blood and human flesh. That's right. What makes human flesh so special? It's got blood in it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, let's jump straight from this to the words of Mel (laughs) Gibson. Mel Gibson said, uh, Hollywood studios are, quote-unquote, drenched in the blood of children. (laughs) He also said, baby blood is so popular in Hollywood that it basically operates as a currency of its own. And then he also said in the same interview with uh, some guy, (laughs) it was Graham, uh, Graham, what's his name? Hancock? Not Hancock, no. (laughs) It was uh, one of those shows on the TV. Uh, Elwood, I don't remember. Ellen? <laughs> Not Ellen. It wasn't an Ellen. <laughs> That'd be a weird thing Why to say on Ellen. Ellen's one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, that makes sense. He also said, it's an open secret in Hollywood. These people have their own religious and spiritual teachings and their own social and moral frameworks. They have their sacred texts. They are sick, believe me. And they couldn't be more at odds with what America stands for. Well, patriotic. Yeah, I like that. Now, the last thing he said is that this was in 2006, mind you. He said, I don't know how to break it to you gently. Hollywood is institutionalized pedophilia. They are using and abusing kids. That's right. All right. Straight from the mouth of Mel Gibson. Did he mention reptiles? He didn't mention reptiles, no. but... You know, he implied it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, He's like, you make the connections. The kids, uh, you know... Uh, now we are going to uh, we're, we're going to play a video of some other guy. <laughs> this is ex-CIA officer Robert Steele. I know it's ex-CIA officer Robert Steele because it says in the video on the title ex-CIA officer Robert Steele. Oh, it does say that. That's right. So we're going to bring the volume up to hope, and I, I, I hope this works. It doesn't. Okay, I guess I, we're not going to watch a video. But what he says... You can change the output. 
could, but that would be a lot of work. Is it? I guess I will. I'll change the output. What is it linked to? This microphone? Uh, yeah, I don't know why it makes the, the output the microphone. That doesn't make much sense to me. I know there's a little plug-in for headphones there, but... Yeah, that's... That's garbage. That's too much work. I don't want to do it right now. <clears throat> what's, the, what's the gist? It basically says that uh, children go disappearing every year in America, and they're being used for ritual abuse, uh, mainly. Uh, the satanic stuff I mentioned earlier. So that's the majority of cases? Have they, have they, <coughs> that's right. Have they proven it in the CIA? That's not something the public needs to know, but in the uh, CIA they got it covered. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as, as you know, uh, these reptilians, uh, and amphibious humanoids, have underground bases on Earth and on the Moon. Oh yeah. Now, I'd like to draw your attention to this map. You know what this map is? I have no idea. Oh, that's the United States. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, you got me. It makes sense now. All right, now the top map is a. Uh, the missing 411 cases. Are you familiar with missing 411? 411 is the informational thing, right? You call 411 and they tell you things? I have no idea, but are you okay. familiar with uh, the missing 411 case profiles? Uh, no. Alright, so it's a bunch of missing children, all in state parks usually. I mean, you got Yosemite <laughs> down here, you got uh, you know, probably Crater Rake, uh, Crater, Crater Rakes, Rakes. Crater Rake. I don't know what you're talking about. Of craters. Uh, Crater Lake up there, and then uh, you got Mount Shasta, which has a ton of missing people and stuff. Mount Shasta, that's from Close Encounters, right? Third kind? I think it's a... Well, fourth kind. A soda. <laughs> what? Just what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's not a, it's not right, a good soda. You got all these missing people, and they always go missing under pretty bizarre circumstances, you know? Like the dogs can't track them. You know, uh, there will be these giant search and rescue missions, and uh, they'll never find anything. But two years later, like, a, a kid's like, shoe will appear, and it'll be in pristine condition in the same place where they searched over, you know? Uh, what is... That makes zero sense. Like, they, so they preserve the shoe and yeah, they throw it back out there in the wild when they're done just to... I mean, you know, either it's a very crafty uh, serial killer, or it's a bit, you know, it's um, Or time traveling. Now below, as you can see, is uh, the cave systems in the United States. Ooh. Now I want you to look at these, uh, this, this little line down here in Texas. Look at all those missing people cases. Up and around, up and around, and now look at these uh, cave systems. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It pretty much proves everything I just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't show the cities nearby, but yeah, let's look continue. Look at all those missing people right there. Cave systems, missing people. Cave, sy cave systems, missing people. It's pretty condensed. Um, interesting, though. It is interesting, at the very least. It's interesting. Now, uh, do, you, do you have any comments? Um, well, if you look down at Texas here, I don't want to just prove or anything. I just want to okay, just ahead, put this other information out there. Down here, you have uh, you have uh, El, El Paso over that area. Then you have San Antonio, and then you have uh, you have Austin, uh, and then a little bit of, uh, up there you have Dallas. Um, this is caves underneath. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with the populations and per capita of, uh, of cases, but yes. 
Now, uh, I would like to move on to my most uh, exciting thing yet. This was pretty exciting, though. It was exciting. I am a fan of that. And if you if you want to look into the missing 411 cases, they are truly fascinating. Okay. Uh, it's done by uh, an ex-police uh, officer. He's like a private detective now. You know, he's got the mustache and everything. Okay, yeah. But uh, he goes over all these cases, and he has a bit of criteria uh, for each case. Like, he doesn't... He doesn't choose anything that's obviously foul play or could be foul play. It's always mysterious disappearances, mm. you know? Well, anyways, we move on to Kyle Odom. Now, Kyle Odom uh, was a Coeur d'Alene resident. He lived in, well, he lived in Moscow. Ma- Moscow, Idaho. Okay, so it's not Coeur d'Alene, but yes. <laughs> now, he was born and raised in North Idaho, apparently. He grew up in a loving family. You know, loving families usually don't raise kids who shoot people. Yeah, the story's going to end really well. Uh, you introduced him <laughs> like that, yeah. And uh, he joined the Marine Corps, which just goes to disprove what I... <laughs> <laughs> Probably got bullied. That's what happened. Uh, he developed an interest in science, and then uh, he got a degree in biochemistry. He won numerous scholarships. He was a very bright, bright young lad. Um, and then he was uh, invited to a prestigious university to work on genetics. Now, isn't that interesting? Which university? Uh, I think it was Baylor. Baylor? That's what it was I, I forget. I think it was in Houston. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's not a religious university? No. No. Uh, you don't think? <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, he has a few things he says right off the bat in his manifesto. Why did he do it? And he's talking about himself in the third person because that's what level-headed, sane people do. Yeah. He says, My life was ruined. Ruined by an intelligent species of amphibian humanoids from Mars. I wish I was joking. Keep reading. He says he wishes he was joking, which, you know, he's probably not joking. He also said, keep reading. Yeah. He's like, I know what you're thinking. Just keep it. Keep, I'm going to lose you here. I would try to come up with a better thesis. Yeah. But you get the point. That's a pretty poor thesis statement. Mm-hmm. Keep reading. Now, to preface this, uh, let's talk about dinosaurs. Okay. Now, how long ago were the dinosaurs here? Oh, well, a few hundred million years ago? Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Now, how long were the dinosaurs here for? Also for like a few hundred million years, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Now, how long has humans been on Earth? And our relatives, uh, 400 to 500,000 years. Homo sapiens have been here for about 200,000 at the very least. Something like that, uh, yeah. And our, our, our distant ancestors, you know, anywhere from uh, 6 million to, you know, 400,000 years ago, right? Yeah, a homos, yeah. And our early homos, they were... They weren't the brightest. Yeah. I mean, uh, some of them could make tools, some of them could make fire, but before that, they were kind of just uh, idiots. As far as our mm-hmm. information allows us to find, yeah. That's right. Uh, now, we evolved in a relatively short amount of time to become this intelligent species that we are today. Intelligent species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh... and in terms of uh, relativity, of course. Now, if the dinosaurs were here for 150 million years at least, mm-hmm. wouldn't that give them enough time to uh, 
adapt some intelligent traits, maybe get off the planet to Mars. Oh. Yeah. If you, uh, yeah, if you don't... Specifically raptors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I, uh, if I didn't know how evolution worked, I would say completely yes, yes. No, man, li- listen. <laughs> The uh, the Jurassic era, the, the, I don't know the the rest of the words. Colossal, yeah. The dinosaurs, uh, they were, uh, you know, it was a tough time to be alive as a as a you know thing in the dinosaur age because everything was trying to eat you and you were trying to eat everything, mm-hmm. right? Now, if everything's trying to eat you, don't you think you would uh, adapt some traits of intelligence to avoid that? Maybe. I'd hope so. <laughs> if you survived. Now, if you were uh, if you were like a raptor, you know, very fast, very agile, very yeah, killer, like uh, like depicted in ju- the Jurassic Park movie. Oh yeah, the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could probably uh, probably make the assumption that they would form uh, tra- tribalistic groups, and after a while, they'd start making tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> the claw should be enough yeah if there no thumbs but if there was a raptor space program what evidence would we have of it today I think they'd bury it because the elite don't want us to see it okay they would bury it but, but we're talking hundreds of millions of years if, if raptors or some sort of dinosaur species found a way to make it to the stars and start a new civilization before uh, whatever catastrophic thing happened to the dinosaurs, would it be possible that we would have any evidence of that? Very doubtful. Uh, we can right. f- look on the moon if they made if they have. We m- could look on the moon, moon base. Probably stuff on the moon. Yeah, there's nothing moving on the moon. Then we find it easy. I think there's probably stuff on the moon. It would be underground. It has to be underground. I already see it already. Yeah. Has to be on the other side, too. Very well. Could be. Yeah. Besides, I mean, stuff is... You know, we don't have backup telescopes. We can't see, like... Oh, yeah. We, we definitely can't see the, the single rocks on the moon. Yeah. And what if they're, you know, dwellings or, you know... Little, little dwellings that look like rocks. Listen, if I were a person that went to the moon, I would make my dwellings underneath the moon. Because, uh, you know, the moon doesn't have an atmosphere, really. Can't burn off comets. Why would I make a surface environment? I mean, I'd just be asking to get destroyed. Yeah, that's very logical. Especially if you're a reptile. So in conclusion... <laughs> in conclusion, if the reptiles do exist, they're probably underground on the moon. And underground on Earth. All right. I think that solves it. I think we... Is that what... Hey, no, what, it was just a preamble. Okay, yeah, laying the groundwork. <laughs> that was just a preamble to uh, what is to come. So, he also says their technology is millions of years more advanced than ours. Now, that would make sense, wouldn't it? If my dinosaur theory that I just spouted off uh, probably has any semblance to it. It would have to be. It would have to be true. Because of how time works yeah. and how technology works and just how those two words go now, together. What do you imagine you could do with millions of years of technological advancement? Is it, is it advancement, though? Like, if it works, like, why would they change it? I imagine you would be able to shapeshift. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I, I see that. Yes. Now they also have a massive breeding stock of humans, which they breed and control from birth. They use these humans to live vicarious lives among us. They appear to be completely normal because they're good at imitating human behavior. That's right. Could be you, could be me, who knows? Now he also says here, like I just stated, the actual Martians live deep underground here and inside of the moon. How many government programs do you know of where we have deep underground bases? I don't know of any specifically, but there's probably there's a lot. Yeah, probably a lot. Uh, it's all confidential. It's all classified. Now this is a good one. Uh, they take control of wild human beings and use them as sex slaves. Don't believe me? Ask President Obama to take a lie detector test on this one. <laughs> Do you have his information? We can get to the bottom of this right now. I want to visit this guy in jail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's in jail? Here's what I was thinking. Uh, we could actually uh, go to this church mm-hmm. where this amphibious reptile uh, pastor uh, does his services. And we could just ask him personally. Is he still doing it? I think. In Coraline? Yeah, I think so. Let's do it. Nice. I've been wanting to for a while now. I was like, I'm so close. We might as well. We get to the bottom of this. Exactly. Yeah. We could try shooting him in the head to see if he looks. <laughs> Careful, careful. (laughs) Uh, They tried to take me, but they were unable to control my mind. They've been following me ever since. All right. Average average thing that happens to to Skittos. Everything I tried to do was sabotage. I attempted suicide twice, but they stopped me both times. My last resort was to take actions that would bring this to the public's attention, a.k.a. Trying to murder the pastor. And manifesto, it seems like. Yeah, which I have the 43-page version of. Mm. Most people only have the 21-version page because... Yeah, heavily edited by the (laughs) reptile elite. That's right. The relite. Now, I want to skip to a page here because it's uh, out of context. and I I just really enjoy uh, taking things out of context sometimes. The females stimulate my penis and the males stimulate my anus. Direct quote? Direct quote. Quote unquote, all right. Yeah, uh, that's usually how it works um, if you're straight. Um, so the context, I should probably provide the context there. Okay. Uh, he says he after he uh, left the genetics program, he tried to get a normal job. He wasn't able to fall asleep the night before the interview, which is... Abnormal for him. Yeah, that's crazy. Apparently. Um, failed the interview completely. Directly after the interview, he felt fine. Now, Ooh. he goes to New York. And he's like, I'm going to try one more time to get a career. And he, he's going to do pharmacy. Now, he, every time he's in class, these uh, reptilian slash amphibious humanoids would remotely pump blood into his penis. Through midair? Through sheer tyranny of will. That's cr- I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, apparently they can. I mean, that's what millions of years of technology can benefit. So they can just teleport blood into penises? No, not teleport. They, they, they manipulate his mind. Oh, so, so yeah, so like a frequency. They made it so hard for him to concentrate in class. They would constantly screw with his organs. His teacher wasn't hot? No. Wasn't wearing sexy clothes. <laughs> Doesn't have a thing for lab coats. 
I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, well, that happened all the time to me in class, but whatever. Another story of his. He was flying home, finally, to Idaho, and his seat was taken, the seat that he had. So the, the flight attendant brought him to a different seat, and the guy keeps turning around. You know? And every time the guy turned around, he would kind of get, you know, a little bit uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, his head started hurting. And when his head started hurting, this guy started smiling like a, an evil reptilian smile. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That's yeah, scary. And he started writing stuff down, you know? And he kept, he kept taking out a track phone and, like, showing it to him, like, you know, you should get one of these. <laughs> And so finally he gets home and he's like, you know what, I'm going to get a track phone. So he gets a track phone. No one texts him or calls him for like a month. He doesn't give out his number or anything. Finally he gets an, uh, a text from some guy. Some guy named, uh, what was it here? John Padola. That's a suspicious name. And John Padola is just like, hey, you got to come to our church. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Well, line it the up. The altar, you got to come to our church. And, he, and then he starts sending him Bible verses that were all about power and stuff. And the last text the guy sent him was a text that said angels. And that whole day, helicopters were flying over his house. Entire day? The entire day. Hmm. Now, it's hard to... Uh, pick out how much of this is schizophrenia <laughs> and how much of it is, uh, is legitimate, uh, you know, because I believe victims. You have to. And this guy's Especially a Especially in 2020, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> now, he claims he shot the pastor 12 times, once in the head. The pastor survived. In fact, uh, the, the pastor even said some things about it. Uh, let me just bring it up here real quick. Good old spokesman review, huh? Yes. Yep. It's right a... at home. The and, uh, fuck is going on with your browser? I haven't updated it since 2007. <laughs> pastor Tim Remington. 56, who survived the ambush by Odom on March 6, 2016, struggled Monday into the courtroom in a body that still is racked by pain. His first stop was Odom's family, whom he offered only good wishes. Come on. Yeah, that's... Pastors don't actually do that. No. <laughs> if it is, it's a ruse. Exactly. In an extraordinary case filled with forgiveness, mental illness, and violence, First District Judge, Judge Lansing Haynes sentenced Odom 31... 10 years in prison with another 15 years to be determined by Idaho prison officials. Odom pleaded guilty in July to aggravated battery with a firearm. Aggravated battery, that's... You would think attempted murder would yeah. be the right one. 12 yeah, no. times. He just wanted to hurt him by shooting him <laughs> in the head. Oh, man. So this Tim Remington guy, hmm. he's the pastor. Okay. You want to go meet him? You could, yeah. I have a camera. I have a tripod. I have my, uh, I have my, <laughs> a light to let him. God damn it! <laughs> Kyle, you need to know that we forgive you. He said. I told him, "What you have in me is a friend, no matter what you did." Now call me a 
presumptuous, but that's the word of an amphibious humanoid bastard. That's what I think that is. It sounds like it. No, no rational person who gets shot in the head would be like, yeah, we're friends. Exactly. I mean, and this is Idaho we're talking. He's probably like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm a reptile. I, it's cool, but no one else is going to believe you, so let's be friends. I activated the phone, and a little while later, I was contacted by Pastor Tim Remington, Odom said. All my symptoms started immediately. I saw the pastor's face as an alien face. I was convinced Pastor Tim was an alien. I just hope that Pastor Tim recovers as much as possible. Mm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Would you like to see a picture of the alien? Yeah, yeah. Well, he left it in his 43-page manifesto. You draw it or take a picture? Oh, he drew it. He didn't take a picture. Oh, okay. Yeah, who would do that? Uh, let's see. And he, he also left some notes for Mr. Preston. He wrote no, for Preston. He says, uh, I want to thank you for your sacrifice to this country. You know, I guess that's a thing you would tell a president. Which president are you talking about, Obama? Uh, yeah, okay. Obama. Uh, it's very upsetting to hear you talk about the things they do to you. Why do you let them? Now, that's kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. What is he talking about? Obama would know. Obama would know. We gotta get that guy on a lie detector test. Yeah, we should. I know where he lives. Really? No. Yeah. Let me find out though. He also says I've been struggling with them myself for over a year now. I have nothing to lose, so I chose this instead. I could never tolerate that much abuse. I hope you don't take any of their threats too seriously. Everything is a game to them. Now I wouldn't say that to a you know, several million-year-old reptilian race that has complete control over your, your entire, you know, race. Mm-hmm. But, but he thought it was okay to say. What if, what if we uh, contacted uh, Obama's PR people and asked, and see if we can ask them some questions? I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, and see if we can get something out of them? Yeah. Now, mind you, this was in uh, 20, 2014, 2016. Okay. Noteworthy Martians. Oh. We made a list of them. We've got Roy Blunt. Patty Murray. Patty Murray. That's Jeez. Right. Mitch McConnell. Not surprised. Yeah, you can see his skin's just a little loose. And uh, here's the one that really makes sense. Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mrs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab a, a beer. <laughs> Part reptile, <laughs> part Native American. So who knew? Now, uh, the, the one thing that really kind of concerns me here is he's got U.S. Senators, U.S. House of Representatives, and then he's got Israeli <laughs> <leadership>. <laughs> So the Israeli leadership, you know, uh, maybe, uh, then he says, there are many others from Israel, too many to list. So yeah. Is, is this anti-Semitic? And I Honestly... No. No, I wouldn't think so either. <laughs> My rationale is that I think Jerusalem is closer to the center of the earth than anywhere else on the planet. So, could be easier access. His rationale was he brought up the ancient city of Ur. You know what Ur is? Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, 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 but it wasn't. I think it's in modern day Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah, it's definitely not Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, anyways, this month, the city of Ur, mm-hmm. uh, the ancient inhabitants. Uh, recorded visitations from reptilian looking creatures and amphibious mm-hmm. looking creatures and uh, in the alien uh, hypotheses that circulate on the internet Ur is always mentioned it's kind of like the uh, it's 
kind of like the mecca of ancient alien civilization. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of close to Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, just a few hundred miles or so, yeah. Oh. Now, Only takes a couple weeks to walk. He also mentions that uh, the Bible was completely inspired by Martians, by these amphibious humanoids. Old Testament or New Testament? Or Old both? Testament. Then okay. they hijacked the... He, he claims Jesus was just a liar and a fraud and an awful person. Okay. And that they just sacrificed him as the, the, the Messiah to get rid of all the Savior talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's, that's what he says. Uh, I'm not going to debate him. He seems right. Which, you know, if it's inspired by these Martians, it would make sense why all this Israeli leadership is uh, is in on the reptilian slash amphibious uh, humanoid uh, conspiracy. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, we got it. I think you're right. That's some good logic. Yeah, he goes into early uh, civilization. It talks about uh, Ur right here. You know, it was located near the mouth of the Euphrates on the Persian Gulf. It was the southernmost Mesopotamian city, which left it exposed. Its location on the outskirts of the ancient world made Ur an ideal place for Martians to visit. At least two species of Martians visited Ur, which was documented by its inhabitants. And, of course, the amphibian and the reptilian humanoids. Okay. Now, going on here... Um, our plight. Uh, he, he, he says John F. Kennedy and Dwight D. Eisenhower both knew about the Martians. Why wouldn't they? Exactly. They're presidents. They would know all about that stuff. Well, I don't think presidents know uh, everything. No, they have to know everything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Why else would a president like not know something? That doesn't make any sense. And now, uh, let's take a look into the Martian brain and behavior. Okay. He says they are hypersexual. They are hyper-aggressive, and they are fearful and paranoid. Now, we've, have, you, have you heard the concept of the reptilian brain before? Yeah. That kind of sounds like him, though. If, if, everything you've said so far, those three, hypersexual, gets boners in class, very paranoid, um, thinks the teacher's a reptile or whatever the fuck. Uh, what's that second one? Uh, hyper-aggressive. Hyper-aggressive. He shot a dude 12 times because he thought he was a reptile. All right, anyways. Are you saying he's projecting and he's he's the reptile? He might be a little insecure. That's what, I just, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Well, his, uh, his claims are that uh, he's being attacked uh, in these ways by these things. And as you know, uh, if, you, if you do something to someone, uh, there's a good chance they'll do that to someone else. You know? Like, uh, I mean, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't fuck anyone, but... He didn't? No, he was celibate? He was, well, I mean, probably. I mean, I don't know how you'd hold a relationship. <laughs> how do you go about a first date with all you care about the reptiles? <laughs> oh, oh, cool. You like watching Friends and uh, re- reading Harry Potter? Yeah, sometimes I hear voices in my head that tell me to do things. <laughs> I'm about to go shoot this pastor. I was going to kill myself. Are you in on it? Yeah. <laughs> You're not a reptile, are you? So I imagine he was celibate. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's an assumption. Yeah. On my part, which I think is relatively a safe assumption. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, except for, I mean, he was probably... Occam's razor. He was, <laughs> he was getting screwed by the aliens. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that counts. Uh, if it's not consensual, no. And he says, uh, in the human brain, 
the M, I don't know how to say this word, the M, you, you know these things better. Amygdala. Amygdala is responsible for all these characters. Amygdala, sorry. Amygdala. Amygdala Amygdala is my way I read it. Uh, Therefore, Martians must have an analogous structure, and it must be greatly enlarged. Analogous? Is that what I said? Analogous? Analogous? Yeah, analogous. Analogous? Sorry, I haven't read a book in seven years. (laughs) It's all right. right. Uh, The morphology of their brain is also markedly different than ours. I know this because... I've seen what the amphibian humanoids look like. Even underlined looks like. That's yeah, crazy. It looks like, well, it's probably a link on the original link. Oh. You put it online? Link. Oh, yeah. Okay. The males are extremely aggressive. Okay. That sounds, uh, I guess there's a trend. Uh, to the males, everything is black or white. There is no middle ground. They are power-hungry, megalomaniacs, obsessed with control. Now, who does that sound like? That sounds like politicians. Everyone in power. That's yes, right. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, everybody's a reptile. <laughs> They're not 100% in control of every situation. They panic. If something happens they aren't anticipating, they get very upset. <laughs> Think about Trump's election. What? That's right. And they are very upset. I mean, look at Chuck Schumer's face every time. What does it look like? The reptile is upset. Looks like yeah, it's big a big mouth. That's right. So to recap, the males are megalomaniacal, obsessed with sex, extremely aggressive, fearful and paranoid, power hungry, and obsessed with control. Did he just recap three paragraphs? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's easy to get lost in the sauce with this stuff. I can kind of see how he didn't get his PhD if he's gonna. Well, I mean, it was the constant boners. It <laughs> yeah, had nothing to do with his writing skills. No way. Uh, okay. Sound familiar? Who else do you know that has these characteristics? If you answer God from the Bible, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, he's actually right. I'd... Now, if we look into ancient Mesopotamian uh, uh, mythology... What's something that frequently comes up? Think of Beckley Tepe. You get all these weird creatures. These humanoid reptilian creatures. Think Quetzalcoatl, man. Quetzalcoatl from the, the, the Aztec... Thesis. That's a different, yeah, a different pantheon, but yeah. Serpents. <laughs> <laughs> different part of the world, but yeah, Dragons, yeah. Dragons, lizards. <laughs> I, and that's the point. It's a different part of the world, you know? The serpent... Is very prominent in almost every culture around the world. Be it China, be it uh, be it uh, the near Middle East, be it uh, South America. That's not because snakes are poisonous and exist everywhere. It's not because of that. No. No way. (laughs) Not fear driven. No. Why would it be? Yeah, that makes no Uh, sense. Yeah, they're just small. They're little things, except for the big ones. It's because out of space visitors that look like serpents and. Lizards and dragons came to Earth and uh, they worshipped them. I mean, what do you think human sacrifice was in the Aztec and Mayan cultures? They're sacrificing reptiles. Is that the point you're making? No, no, oh. no, no, no. They're sacrificing humans for reptiles. Ah. Because they need that adrenochrome. The adrenochrome, yeah. Because <laughs> you have to make sure they're scared too. Do you think there's like a tunnel system in those big Aztec temples where like a lot of the blood would drip down to these pipes and little oh, reptiles would just eat it up, drink it? Psychedelic mushrooms involved before they often like, stabby stabs. Oh yeah. Because being about to be killed is not being is not scary enough. You gotta give them drugs. 
Well, some people want to die. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got to make them scared somehow, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and when we look at the mythology, I mean, Serpent and Adam and Eve story, right? There's actually some theories that... <laughs> There's actually some theories that uh, Eve mated with the serpent first and created a serpent race. <laughs> Is it, does it say that in there? In the Bible? No, in there. No. Oh, okay. I, thought, yeah, I thought he was making that claim. I was like, well, that's a well, weird. People are saying that <laughs> Eve fucked a serpent and well, we have aliens. Well, anyways, it's all metaphorical, anyways. <laughs> <It's> all... <laughs> okay. Sometimes there's more truth to metaphors than you think. Like, uh, you know, it says that Eve was made from the rib of Adam. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, and I imagine you could genetically engineer a human out of reptilian, uh, reptilian genes. <laughs> you imagine that? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. If it, yeah, with being that. millions of years ahead in technology, yeah. Listen, I've watched the Science Channel about three times now. I think uh, I'm starting to grasp the concepts of uh, aliens. All right, I've seen the Netflix show, too, so we're, we're on the same page. All right, also, he says, unless you have a firm grasp on cosmology, I highly recommend using the links above to broaden your understanding before continuing. So we're going to have to take a little bit of a course in geology and cosmology before we can really understand what this genius is trying yeah, to yeah. yeah the genius who focused on biochemistry and genetics has a huge understanding of cosmology and how physics work well if you go from genetics to pharmacy yeah. <laughs> a little downstep but yeah I get it right. biochemistry genetics pharmacy Yeah. It oh it's the sense. triangle that's right now what else has triangles? Bermuda. Yeah. What goes missing in Bermuda? Ships. Planes. Who flies ships and planes? Pilots. Who get paid what? Money. And you know what's on the money? Triangles. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Exactly what you're doing. Carl Young was on the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now uh, I'm trying to find this alien picture. Oh, what's this? He put an article in here. Who knows what it's from? Uh, I think it's a story about planets. Martian technology. Here we are. Can we take a little break? Yeah, I can, I can pause it real quick. Uh, and we're back. Uh, so you're saying... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I think we can stick to the topic here rather than... Uh, the topic. What was the topic? We were talking about... Uh, going through his manifesto. Going through his manifesto. That's right. Kyle Odom of Idaho and his manifesto of Martian technology. And he has a quote for you here from Nikola Tesla. He says, uh, If you wish to understand the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Which is... Um, to me, just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. I don't know what those words mean. No, unless it means reptile. Could it be. Very well could. Now, Nikola Tesla was a very strange man. I don't know if you've ever read up on him. I've seen some YouTube videos. But he claimed to have fallen in love with a pigeon. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were joking. That's actually true. 
He, uh, he was a celibate man. He, he claimed he, he didn't have sex because he thought it would uh, interfere with his work. Uh, but he fell in love with a pigeon. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> I thought you were. It's some more. It's not going anywhere. I just wanted to say he's he not a guy and he invented a lot of things. Pigeons are more closely related to reptiles than they are to us. So. Shoot. Yeah, didn't make that connection, did you? <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, keep going here, and uh, Nikola Tesla has some more things to say. He says, uh, I don't know what the context is, but he could alter the size of this planet, control its seasons, guide it along any path he might choose through the depths of the universe. He could make planets collide and produce his suns and stars, his heat and light. He could originate the d and develop life in all infinite forms. And that's from Nikola Tesla's book, From Man's Greatest Achievements. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that means because it's out of context, but uh, apparently he was saying that the Martians uh, are way, way further beyond in their technology where they can they can alter the uh, the weather and people's minds and mind read and stuff. Yeah, I've read Stranger in a Strange Land. I mean, I don't know about you. All right, here it is. You ready for this? Yeah. There, is it. there it is. <laughs> what the fuck is like? Got like a coconut for a mouth. Uh, this, is, this is our greatest enemy, Blade. And no. You shouldn't be laughing. This oh, is, that's scary. This is our enemy. This is what we're up against. What do you think's in that spike noggin? Honestly, it looks like a... Can I read that? Yeah, 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 sure. Huge eyes that stuck out of the sockets. Yellow slash brown iris. Projecting muzzle with 45 degree angled nostrils. Huge mouth. Dark green skin. The only part I really saw well was the eyes. Ooh. Now, circled that. That's important. Yeah, that's right. Now, I will comment that this uh, this uh, amphibious humanoid he drew kind of looks like a mix between Donkey Kong and some sort of frog. <laughs> I've never seen this in a game before. Uh, this is interesting. That's right. So that's what we're up against. Yeah, I mean that's a you could shoot that thing in the head; it wouldn't die. Yeah, no, you got to shoot at the very top of the head. I don't even know where the brain is. Oh, but we've got a bigger close-up. Look at those eyes. That's a very detailed. That's right. I trust him. Yeah, you too, yeah. Oh, but there's more. This is what their teeth look like. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like my sister's teeth. <laughs> Uh, now, now, for those of you listening that can't see this, uh, the teeth, uh, they kind of look like, uh, like a, squares. Well, combined with a mouth and a nose, it looks like a, like a hamburger with, like, some cheese. Or a pie. Ooh, or, yeah. Or a pie with, uh, a little bit of a... <laughs> a little PB&J going on? That's right. Uh, now he says, uh, what does it say? Elmo rules the world? Is that what is something they kept saying to me? I assume they said this because their head looks like a Muppet. Oh yeah, that does actually look like Elmo. Oh, right, yeah. I would make that connection. The eyes threw me off. Again, they only revealed bits and pieces to me, and very briefly. Thankfully, I have a photographic memory, so I, was, <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to remember what I saw. Although I only remember the general appearance because each time I saw them, it was very brief. They would smile on me and stores and reveal their mouth slash eyes slash nose all separately. Imagine just a bunch of reptiles Never that can... together at the same time. 
Imagine a bunch of reptiles like that can read your mind. They know what you know, and they just always fuck with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, now he, he brought on some uh, some documents here. That DD, some DD, of the things he says. Like this is DD two fourteen. Sorry, is that a DD two fourteen? I think. I mean, you were in the military, you know. Uh, this is his uh, Marine Corps uh, certificate of release or discharge from active duty. So he was, in fact, in the military. Yep. Uh, 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 just to verify, I was right. I was in the military. DD Form 249. Very good. Yeah, thank August you. 2009. Matches with what he said. I joined right before that. Now, the University of Idaho, Kyle Oda, Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry. That looks legitimate. But University of Idaho, though? Come on. That's... You know, that's the same place Jeff Meldrum's from. He could have went to Washington State University. You know who so. Jeff Meldrum is? No. Well, he's one of the only uh, anthropologists that heavily supports the theory of Sasquatch. Oh, so... He, he's a, he's a, a bi-locomotive uh, uh, specialist. Okay. Yeah. Um, well... Bipedalism is his uh, you know, strong suit. I, I should mention something here. Uh, anthropology is very strong at the University of Idaho. They have a very strong program. Mm-hmm. Through biology one, not so much. It's just... Well, anyways, <laughs> they got this thing, and it says, Congratulations, you've been selected for a personal interview to be considered for acceptance into the Doctor of Pharmacy program at Idaho State University. All right, so he was, in fact, accepted into that in 2016. Now, keep going here. What do we got? His resume? little resume here, yeah. Uh, and his experience is an undergrad, undergraduate research. He uh, discovered functions of a yeast protein called CNS1. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty significant, right? He did that? He did that, oh. yeah. Found a positive correlation between a conserved gene and a yeast lifespan. He designed PCR primers, is what it says. Well, I don't know. You're the, <laughs> well, I'm just, you're the one with a degree in that. Uh, I mean, I'm calling bullshit right here on this resume. Anybody who's serious about Prepare this. Prepare region solutions and agar plates. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he did that, but he didn't design no fucking PCR primers. Yeah. He's an undergraduate research. They're like, hey, hey, fucking Kyle, here you go, you go fucking design these primers for us. Hey, he was a smart kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, way too smart for now, most he was people. He's a flight equipment technician in the United States Marine Corps, and with the pharmacy, yeah. Uh, oh, look at this. He learned how hospice medications are billed and delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he observed it. Okay, his pharmacy experience kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, look at it. He has a theme going on. He has observed, learned, observed, learned, learned, watched. So just. But his undergraduate research prepared, performed, performed, found, <laughs> discovered, designed, tagged. Oh, yeah. What's that tag? You didn't see that. Tag genes with GFP. Okay. So, yeah, his undergraduate research it sounds like he was the top dog. <laughs> I imagine like a, someone with a PhD reading this, like, yeah, this idiot. Pi Kappa Phi, Phi Theta Kappa, I don't know what those mean, but Phi Sigma, Biological Sciences, Golden Key International, won a highly competitive INDRE <laughs> fellowship in summer of 2013. So this guy's a, he's a smart cookie. It seems like it, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> it's a resume. It's not like he had a verifier that with anybody. All right, now he's got his, oh, look at his marks. His transfer credit. Look at his marks. Transfer credit. Intro to computer science, an A. What? Yeah, that's right. College writing and rhetoric, an A. 
English 102? Oh, wow. Intermediate Algebra. An A. Freshman Transition Seminar. Individual and Dual Sports. A B. Oh, dude. It wasn't very athletic. It was a nerd. Yeah. See that? Introduction to Psych. Okay, let's, let's, let's go on here. Pre-calc, Social Responsibility and Ethics. Says he got an A. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we might want to question that one. Go on here, and the grade says P. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's a pass or fail, yeah. Okay, so he passed. Those are transfer credits in the military. You join half, stuff like that. Uh, U.S. Navy, American, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Going in Moscow, analytic geometry, blah, blah, blah. So so this guy, he did his work. Well, let's see how high his, uh, his course numbers go. All right. 200 some. Okay. Engineering physics 2. Engineering physics 2 lab. All of them A's. Analytic geometry slash calculus 3 in A. Cells and the evolution of life in A. Statistical methods in A. This guy was a smart guy. Yeah, I'm looking at the Coming levels. On. Introduction to anthropology in A. Okay, everyone gets an A in introduction yeah. to anthropology. Organic chem 1. Organic chem lab 1 in A. Okay. Organic Chem 2, an A. Undergraduate Research, an A. Okay, that's a good course, 400 level. Genetics, A. Entry to Biochem, A. Immunology, A. Pro Seminar, A. Physical Chem, B. Something happened. He fucked up. Advanced Biochemistry, an A. So overall, 3.96 GPA. That's pretty solid. He was a smart guy. Yeah. Oh, he spent a lot of time. Either one. Yeah. Memorized everything. Now, if you have a 3.96 GPA, and, you know, two years later, you're shooting a pastor in a church because he's an amphibious reptile humanoid, what's the only logical conclusion you can draw from that? I mean, it's the obvious one, that he's right. Yeah. Uh, of course. The other, other one that's not so obvious is that he's fucking crazy. Come on, man. I think Bakken's razor here. It's got to be the former. Yeah, you're right. Now, I I do bring all of this up because it is peculiar, this Mm. manifesto and everything he says about why he did that. (laughs) I still forgot this is part of his manifesto. Yeah, it's still part of his manifesto. Here's my transcript. Unofficial. Yeah, 43 pages. Is that the very end of it? That's the very end of it. The very end, he put his transcript. It's unofficial. He has an official one, I'm sure. Well, yeah, but you yeah. have to order that. It's a lot of work. I mean, if you're about to kill someone, you're going to just... Yeah. You, know. you don't want to... Yeah, I guess you don't want to lead them in suspicion. Yeah. What do you need this official credit? Are you doing a manifesto, dude? Are you doing a manifesto? Are you going to kill somebody? What are you doing? Now, there's plenty of videos on the internet of people morphing while doing news broadcasts. Is, is there? Yes. <laughs> I, I can bring one up right now. Watch this. Just gonna oh, YouTube.com. That's where we're gonna go. That's where we get videos. Okay. Now reptilians morphing. We we don't we don't even need like. Okay. Right. <laughs> Do lizard people run the world? Colossal mysteries. Maybe there's not that many. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, reptilian general morphing hands and ears 360p <laughs> <laughs> that's high resolution for 1990 five minutes long I really wish they would uh, speed it up here. okay <laughs> 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 uh, 
So uh, for those of you listening, we're watching a video of a guy videoing a video. See, look at that. That's the way he holds his hands. Undeniable. Undeniable. Look at those claws. That is some ultra high, low resolution. Look at those ears. Oh my goodness. Are they, are they moving? Look at those ears, dude. <laughs> is that Maddest Mad Dog? Okay, those ears are not natural. Are they growing? Look at that. That's a reptilian's ears if I've ever seen one. I've never seen one. No, what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? All right, we'll just fast forward here to maybe, maybe we can see him morph a little bit more. No, it's just more close-ups of his ears. But you get the idea. To his credit, though, um, they were getting bigger and smaller. I'm not sure if that had something to do with the zooming effect, but... Our reptilian face morphing alive. Oh, thanks for the Wikipedia article below. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. That's... All right, maybe it's not exactly what we were thinking of. Oh, Miss Alabama. Is she a reptile? Probably. Something's going to happen here. Oh, it's so hot. Undeniable. <laughs> I'm going to have a weird kink for reptiles. I don't look it up on Pornhub. What am I supposed to be seeing here? Oh, oh, is that Matt Lauer? Oh, Matt Lauer. Oh. He's definitely one of them. Oh, yeah, man. You ever see that interview with him and Tom Cruise? What? No. Oh, well, Tom Cruise uh, was insane on the interview. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where he's talking about his new relationship? He's, he's talking about, like, uh, listen, man, you don't know. I know. Kids do not need these drugs. <laughs> Can we just stop for a second and acknowledge how fucking hot she is? And uh, in terms of reptile, that's that's technology far superior to ours if they're making... How can she be hot if she's cold-blooded? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sadly, uh, YouTube is shadow-banning all of these videos. Yeah. <laughs> They're shadow banning all of the evidence. Uh, but the truth is out there. Now, uh, with, with everything we've just learned from uh, these revelations, <laughs> have you changed your mind, Blade? I think it's going to take a bit more research into the technologies, uh, shape-shifting, uh, read some more books on this. Um, by highly vetted authors. I think... Uh, you can't find a highly vetted uh, author because they blackmail and destroy everyone's career that comes after it. Simon, Simon and Schuster? Sure. I don't know what that is. But. Their biggest book publishing company. I see it. Yeah, they're run by the Jewish elite reptiles. I know. I'm aware. You know, why would a reptile choose to be Jewish? To hide that bald spot in the reptile's heads. It can't grow hair there. <sighs> yeah. That's a some. I mean, now I'm teaching you. Now I'm teaching you here. It's all coming together. But no. Short answer. Not convinced. <laughs> not convinced at all. Um, you think it's odd though that this guy would uh, go through all of this prestigious academic learning only to throw his life away by trying to kill a pastor? It odd. Yes. Yes. How could possibly compel someone to do that? It has to be because he's right, obviously. There's no other answer. Well, what other possible explanations could there be? 
I can try listing them. Oh, go ahead. Alright, uh, I think he suffered from delusions uh, and paranoia. I think he probably had something wrong with his brain. Oh, that's a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, when people say delusions, they don't really know what they're saying. They're just like... <laughs> Do they not? <laughs> that's like... No, they're delusional. They they're delusional. <laughs> You can't accuse me of being delusional because you're delusional just for saying, using the word delusional. Well, yeah, think about it. Because when, when people say, oh, it must be mental illness or, or it must be uh, delusions, it's really just a vague, broad term to assign to something you don't actually understand. <laughs> Maybe if you don't have a good understanding of it, it makes sense. But well, even if you have a good understanding of it, even then it's just, you know... Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just cop out, like you said. I mean, like, name a mental illness that, that people commonly assign to people that have quote-unquote delusions. Schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> Bipolar disorder. Okay, yeah. No. Insomnia. Schizophrenia. That's a common one, right? Yeah. Now, they say it's because uh, part of the, the brain is overstimulated, they say, right? Because of... Uh, what, too much serotonin or something? I don't think that's exactly the cause, but yeah. Now, who are they to say that those voices are... <laughs> <laughs> really, who are they to say that? I mean, how do you know that, you know... You want to hear an interesting thing? Because there could be schizophrenia, and there could be people that actually hear voices that are... Uh, that are real? ...indicated to them, uh, uh, you know... Via telepathy? Brain to brain. Yeah. Um, interesting thing I remember hearing on schizophrenia a while back has nothing to do with the reptiles I don't, I don't think we can make the connection later if we want um, but uh, looking back at like ancient Greece times right so Babylonia every, every, all these places are mm-hmm. around there are all these writings they're always talking about gods talking to them it was abnormal if a god wasn't talking to you so they think there was like a at least in ancient Greece it was very common schizophrenia was very common among people, so everybody was hearing gods. So was pedophilia, apparently. Well, probably, yeah. They didn't. I mean, Aristotle. And the ethics on pedophilia weren't really developed well back then. I it was more of like class back then. Yeah. But, well, 14 year olds are probably adults too back then, relatively. I hate to say it, but yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, I just think that idea is pretty cool. If you read like Homer and stuff like that, it's always about the gods. What the gods telling you to do? Like, God told me to do this, right? Mm-hmm. It's always. So I thought it was pretty fascinating. Well, you know how they discovered the ancient city of Troy, right? Mm-mm. They interpreted Homer's Odyssey literally. Mm-hmm. And then they found the ancient city of Troy that they thought was a myth. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a funny you mention that because I looked at the archaeology. I didn't know how they found it, but I looked at the archaeology of it. Very small city. A very tiny city. It was big back in the day. Right? <laughs> yeah, huge. A 14 year old was big back then. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Everything was scaled differently back then. Yeah. I mean, the world was like space. <laughs> like unknown or, or huge and expansive? It was huge and expansive. Okay, that makes sense. And unknown. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, I've heard a voice in my head before. Mm hmm. But it's only happened to me once in my life. When was it? It was in uh, 2016, the spring of 2016. What did it tell you to do? It laughed. 
It laughed? It laughed. At you or with you? Probably at me. Okay. What'd you do? I, uh... What did I do about it, or what did I do? What did you do to, yeah, to instigate the voice? I, uh... Screwed with a Ouija board. Okay. And, uh, a couple days later, I'm sitting in my room alone. Just by myself, just reading a book, and all of a sudden... It was this unnatural voice coming from inside my head. Didn't come through my ears, but I still heard it audibly. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Only time in my life it's happened. Now, can that be attributed to schizophrenia? Were you high? No. Oh, just so. However, it was April twentieth. <laughs> Whoa! We know what that day is. <laughs> Fucking Hitler coming to you. <laughs> It's my birthday! <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that part is a bit hard. <laughs> it's hard to wrestle with that fact. It is, but like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't high. Yeah. Uh, at that point. Are you on medication now for it? No. Oh, it just went away? It wasn't the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a little spurt of sickness. Who knows? Maybe the schizophrenia showed up for five seconds and left forever. Or it could have been Hitler's ghost. It could have been Hitler's ghost. It sounded like a short, mischievous laugh. Like a little elf? Like a goblin. Ooh. Or like a gnome. Wait, well, those do exist, so... Maybe. Possibly. Well, if you look at the uh, et- the, the Eddas, the elder, elder and uh, younger Eddas from Norse mythology, mm-hmm. you'll see there are nine worlds, and uh, the tree of y- Yggdrasil... Uh, um, is guarded by Boulder, and the past between all of them, between elves and, and dwarves and, and giants, frost giants specifically, uh, they're cold, um, is guarded by Boulder, and there's teleportation. Through boulders? Well, not through the gate, his gates. He guards okay. at Yggdrasil. And now, it's interesting you mention all this stuff, because uh, I've been reading a book recently, uh, Native, or they call it Indian Legends, because it's a little bit dated. Indian mm. Legends of the Northern Rockies. And... Uh, up here, around uh, northern Idaho and the lakes surrounding, um, they talk about little people that used to exist. They were they like wore like wore like brown tunics, and they they would hunt with bows and arrows and stuff, like actual little people. Hmm. Not um, not midgets. Not midgets. Okay. Like they were actual tribes of them, and they they disappeared to different areas when uh, when places got settled. Uh, now. Another common belief among native legend is that uh, the rocks and cliff sides are gateways to other worlds. So, like, uh, <clears throat> I think a common legend I heard was that the, the buffalo disappeared into the cliff walls and that they, they went to a different part of the world. I mean, we know we slaughtered them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but imagine being somebody in the middle of nowhere with only a tribe to ask questions to. Like, where'd they all go? Must have went through a portal. Now, uh, another interesting thing is uh, just north of the border here, there's a tribe, I forget the name, but uh, they're popular for their Sasquatch legends. And uh, they believe that Sasquatch disappears through portals in the cliff sides. And they just come back to fuck with us? Yeah. Every once in a while? Okay. Well, they're interdimensional. You know? I, mm-hmm. I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they're interdimensional. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got me hooked. When I was in Wyoming, uh, we found that we didn't find them. They were there, and they showed them to us. These uh, cliff sides on private property with uh, handprints all up along the cliffside walls. These red cliffside walls. And what the natives would do is they'd take red paint that they made out of red ochre, 
and they'd spit it to make outlines of their hands on the walls. Hmm. Now, what does that mean? They didn't have brushes? They didn't have brushes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, they might have like, used, like, you know, grass or something. I don't know. <laughs> they were very uh, inventive and in, in, ingenious, so yeah. they, they, they figured out a lot. But uh, this idea of, uh, of cliff sites being the gateway to other worlds is prominent in Native legend, especially mm. in Navajo legend. But they also talk about there being an, uh, an underworld, so to, so to speak. I only say this because if we're going to talk about cliffside walls leading to other worlds and, and uh, there being an underworld and all, I imagine it might be inhabited by some sort of humanoid mm. species called reptilians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah. amphibious reptilians. Now, didn't see that coming, but yeah. If we go to Kentucky, where uh, Kentucky is famous for their goblin caves. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the brochure when I was down there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're they're called the, the Somethingville Goblins, the, the Hopkinsville Goblins, I think it is. And and apparently these white uh, or grayish, short, scaly goblins are seen from time to time, and they're thought to exist in these cave systems. And I watched a documentary called Hellier where they go to investigate this, and they end up uncovering a lot of evidence for cult activity in these caves. Cult activity, mm-hmm. goblins, mm-hmm. reptilians living underground, adrenochrome. Oh, adrenochrome. <laughs> we got to the bottom of this. All right. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think I've wrapped up uh, everything I've, I've learned about reptilians in the past two weeks. Did you not look into their spaceships? No. No, I didn't look into they it. They have three different types of spaceships. They well, I imagine they can teleport. They 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 like spaceships. They like the the just the journey of what ships are like. Uh, they have triangle ships. Uh, you may have seen this. But they're just triangles. They look like pies, pizza gate ships, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, and you have rods, basically just long rods. Um, yeah, they just look like rods. Um, and then the third one is the classic UFO. Is, well, I've seen that one. Yeah, those three are the main ones. Um, are you familiar with all the different uh, alien races? I remember a couple. You have the big white ones, right? The, the grays, right? Well, the grays are the most popular. Those yeah. are the ones that are most seen, and they're, they're kind of malicious in their intent, usually. But they're, oh, the small ones, you mean? Yeah, they're said yeah. to have a more reptilian brain, which means they don't have emotions. They don't no sympathy or empathy. Yeah, those are the classic ones with the big heads, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. And then, because I remember looking at this, yeah, I remember, I remember right. So you have the small ones, and then you have what the whites, the tall ones. Yeah, you got like the Anukai, the Arcturians, then you got the Aviaries and the Reptilians, and that it gets real wacky. Yeah, because we have the we have neutral ones that are here, and we have they're all vying for this planet, which is yeah. so important. Now, most of these theories come from uh, channelers. You know what a channeler is? Mm-mm. It's some person who claims that they can uh, tap into a frequency. Of, uh, of an alien talking to them and telling them stuff. Now, they never see these aliens. Sometimes they claim to see them. Mm-hmm. But my general rule of thumb is I don't trust uh, just uh, what anyone tells me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good general rule to have. Like, I don't listen to absolute strangers and take it as fact, you know, even if they're commuti- communicating to me through uh, uh, tel- telekinetic means. Yeah. Even. Even if they do that. 
But some people, they take it as face value, you know? I think they call it faith or something, but... Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's the best of people sometimes. So there's this guy. <laughs> uh, he claims to channel this, this guy, this gray alien called Bashar. And people show up to his meetings, and he channels Bashar right away, and he goes from this guy who's like, oh, hey, how's it going, to, hello and welcome. <laughs> I am... Bashar, it's good to see you all again. And he always has his eyes closed because, like, that's necessary to channel, I guess. But uh, every single one of these channelers, the, the thing that's funny about all of them is they all say drastically different things. <laughs> it's always <laughs> never. <laughs> so, uh, well, is there anything you would like to like to add about reptilians or uh, or uh, conspiracy theories in general before before we uh, close up? The, uh, conversation. I can do at least one thing here. So, okay. if you hear voices in your head and they're telling you things, um, you said people take it at face value. I have some advice for people who, who, who are doing that, and they probably shouldn't. Here, I'll give you. An, it's just basic logic. You'll learn it in symbolic logic if you ever taken it. You have two different types of statements, right? You have positive, and you have normative, right? Mm-hmm. Positive. That's the facts. That's how the world is, right? That's uh, your basic knowledge, right? Then you have your normative, which is subjective. Uh, it, it come from anywhere, right? All right? You have to distinguish between those two when voices are in your head. If someone's telling you a fact, know it's a fact. If it sounds like their opinion, don't listen to it. Is that right? Is that good news for everybody? Now I will uh, counter what you said here <laughs> by just saying one quote by Albert Einstein. Okay. Uh, he says something along these lines. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't learn anything about physics or the laws of the universe through his rational mind. Is that the whole quote? I think that's. The quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me uh, give you another quote then by Emerson. Who's Emerson? Oh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Power and speed be hands and feet. Uh, let me give you another quote <laughs> by, uh, by George W. Bush. Hmm. Um, America. That's it. You know the whole thing? That's it. Let me give you a quote by Ayn Rand. Um, quote, my books are fucking garbage. Never listen to them. Unquote. <laughs> let me give you a quote by... Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. Oh. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> oh, you don't have it memorized? Man, I can't find this quote. Uh, that's unfortunate. I guess I'm wrong then. Let me. Oh, oh I found oh, it. Okay. I, I found it. This quote, but I never made one of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. Ooh. Yeah, that's Albert Einstein. Oh, I thought there was a magic school bus chick. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me give you another quote. Uh, uh, paraphrased by Rowdy Rod- Roddy Piper from the movie They Live. Put on the glasses! Put the glasses on! <laughs> Unquote. That's, just. I agree. All right, yeah, that's good. All right, uh, thanks for listening. If you did, in fact, listen, if you just skipped to, to one hour and 26 minutes, uh, shame on you.
goodbye. Buy our books. And welcome to the intermission. This is an intermission, intermissioning you into the next part of the podcast. Welcome to the intermission. This is an intermission. This is an intermission. I repeat, this is an intermission. And we are going to start now. Alright guys, this is the part of the podcast where I read the entire Kyle Odom manifesto to you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just do it all unedited because it's way faster. Uh, if, I, if I stutter, I'm, I'm just going to leave it. So uh, here we go. Who is Kyle Odom? Born and raised in North Idaho. Grew up in a loving family. Joined the Marine Corps after high school. Developed an interest in science. Went to school for a degree in biochemistry. Won numerous scholarships and awards. Graduated magna cum laude. When then got invited to prestigious university to work on genetics. Check my personal documents. As you can see, I'm pretty smart. I'm also 100% sane, 0% crazy. Why did he do it? My life was ruined. Ruined by an intelligent species of amphibian humanoids from Mars. I wish I was joking. Keep reading. They were here long before we ever existed. Their technology is millions of years more advanced than ours. I've seen them do things that defy all comprehension. They have a massive breeding stock of humans, which they breed and control from birth. They use these humans to live vicarious lives among us. They appear to be completely normal because they're good at in imitating human behavior. See Martian technology for an explanation on this. The actual Martians live deep underground, here and inside of the moon. They take control of wild human beings and use them as sex slaves. Don't believe me? Ask President Obama to take a lie detector test on this one. They tried to take me, but they were unable to control my mind. They've been following me ever since. I tried everything to get my life back. I begged, bargained, and I threatened. Everything I tried to do was sabotaged. I attempted suicide twice, but they stopped me both times. My last resort was to take actions that would bring this to the public's attention. Read my story to learn what happened to me and why they targeted me. Part 1. My Story. Spring 2014, Moscow, Idaho. Everything started while I was at University of Idaho. Spring 2014 was my final semester, and I was taking a heavy course load. I was very stressed due to the intensity of my schedule, so I searched for a way to cope. I discovered meditation, which seemed to help, so it became part of my daily routine. As I learned more about meditation, I became interested in consciousness and our ability to affect it. I kept working on my meditation techniques and began achieving extreme states of consciousness. This continued until I encountered another being through meditation. It happened one night in February 2014, and it was the most profound experience I've ever had. I was lying in bed, meditating, then suddenly left my physical body. I entered a space that was completely dark and had no awareness of my physical boundaries slash orientation. I felt very peaceful there until a blue light began to approach me. As the blue light got closer, I realized it was another being. Once I was in the being's presence, I felt an immediate sense of wrongdoing. It felt like I was being told, you shouldn't be here. I instantly conceded and felt guilty. Then I began to distance myself from the being. This had an impact on them and seemed to change their mind about me. The moment I began to in distance myself from the being, 
I became overwhelmed by a feeling I can only describe as unconditional love. During this part of my experience, uh, our minds have became connected and I saw that the being was female. I then began to feel the most euphoric, comforting, and blissful feeling I have ever felt. It was incredibly powerful and life-altering. Next thing I knew, I woke up. I had tears in my eyes, and I couldn't get out of bed. I felt a profound sense of loss, like I had just lost someone close to me. It was very painful. A few minutes later, the experience left my mind, against my will. And I went about my day. After that, I had to, no urge to meditate at all. Every time I even thought about meditation, the thought was stripped from my mind. When I finally did try meditating again, I was unable to achieve anything. I didn't think much of it at the time, but I knew it wasn't going to improve. Ultimately, I decided to give up on meditation and just focus on my classes. The remainder of the semester became exceedingly easy for me. It felt like I had tapped into some kind of power. I was exerting no mental effort even though the classes had been extremely difficult before. I also began to have complex thoughts and depths of understanding I had never reached before. About a month later, I started interviewing at the graduate schools I had applied to. Shortly after the interviews were done, I started receiving offers. I decided to accept the offer from Baylor College of Medicine to work on a PhD in human genetics. I was very excited about the opportunity to work at such a prestigious university. The future looked bright, and I couldn't wait to get started. July 2014 to August, October 2014, Houston, Texas. Everything changed once I started the program. The moment I arrived, I could see flaws in every professor's research. My mind was so expanded that I could instantly understand the implications of entire research projects. Because of this, I was able to see weakness, weaknesses in all of the available projects. This caused me to become very concerned about what I was doing, and I felt like I was wasting my time. I voiced my concerns to my advisor, and he casually brushed them aside. He told me, just have fun. It'll be fun. I kept trying to get motivated, but things continued to get worse. I started seeing flaws in the foundations of genetics and other fields. It got to the point where I couldn't stop thinking about them. To make things worse, no one else seemed to care, which really bothered me. All these issues made it impossible for me to continue, so I decided to leave. The day after I decided to leave, my life became a living hell. I couldn't sleep and my mind felt sapped. I was entirely at peace with my decision, so I knew something strange was happening to me. After a few days of this, two of the graduate students began to reaching out to me. Eugene Lurie and Brandon Pickerick. I barely knew them, so it seemed unusual they would contact me. When I went to see them, they both kept pointing their finger at me and saying, Pew Pew, like they were shooting a gun. They did this over and over. I kept wondering what their problem was. Months after I left Houston, I was told that Eugene and Brandon were not human. They were tasked with making me into, quote-unquote, the next school shooter, as they called it. I imagine this is why many of our school shootings take place, end quote. Anyway, things slowly improved after I stopped talking with Eugene and Brandon, but I was mentally exhausted. I tried to figure out what to do with my life, but I could hardly think. Eventually, I left Texas and started applying for jobs all over the country. A few months later, things took a strange turn. October 2014 to August 2015, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. 
In spring 2015, I finally secured an interview with a food company. I thought I was about to get something going with my life, but I was wrong. I couldn't sleep at all the night before my interview. I literally stayed awake the entire night, which had never happened to me before. I looked unrecognizable in the mirror. The next morning, and my mind felt sapped worse than it had in Houston. Needless to say, the interview didn't go well. I couldn't think and I had extreme difficulty with normal conversation. After the interview was over, I suddenly felt fine and looked perfectly normal. I slept great that night, then made my way to the airport the next morning. This is where the story gets weird. On the plane ride back home, my seat was taken. I asked the flight attendant and she directed me to a new seat. Once I sat down, an older gentleman in front of me kept glancing back until he got my attention. As he kept looking back, my head began to hurt and tingle. The moment my head began to hurt, his lips curled up into this evil-looking smile. The pain and tingling in my head continued for the rest of the flight and got more intense as time went on. Every time I felt it, the man would start taking notes in a notepad. About halfway through the flight, someone else in front of me held up a newspaper that said, Psychic Reading, for like five minutes straight. It was blatantly obvious they were doing something to me, but I didn't know what. Once we landed, the older gentleman kept showing me his track phone as if to say, get one of these. I had applied to several governmental government agencies before this happened, so I thought this might be their way of contacting me. Out of curiosity, I decided to go buy a track phone. I checked it every day to see if anyone messaged or called. About a month later, I got a text message from a man named John Padula. He invited me to come to church at the altar. It seemed like a strange place to be recruiting for government jobs, but I went anyway. After I got there and went inside, something felt very wrong. I felt as if my life was in danger, and I became so uncomfortable I had to leave. A couple days later, I started receiving text messages from Tim Remington. At first, they were innocuous Bible messages, but then he started threatening me. He sent messages talking about their power, and other things. He did all this through Bible verses, so it would not look suspicious. I ignored everything until he sent one final text message, which simply said, Angels. I thought nothing of it until helicopters started flying around my house all day and all night. At this point, I knew I was in trouble. I knew I needed to contact them. So I made an appointment to meet John Padula for coffee. Little did I know, he had no intention of meeting me. After making the appointment to meet John, something very bizarre happened. I received the most unnatural erection I've ever had. felt like someone was manually pumping blood into my penis. I don't know how else to describe it. Immediately after that, a song began playing in my mind. The lyrics went, Sister, sister, he's just a plaything. We want to make him stay up all night. I had never heard this song before and had no idea what it meant. I tried to ignore it and kept searching for my jobs. A few minutes later, the song quit playing. Nothing else happened until I tried to go to sleep that night. As soon as I got into bed, the song started again. Sister, sister, he's just a plaything. We want to make him stay up all night. As it turned out, they weren't kidding. I got literally zero minutes of sleep that night. Every time I started to drift off, I was woken up violently, then the song would play. When the sun came up, I gave up on trying to sleep and got out of bed. I was relieved at first because the song had quit playing. I thought the torture was over until a voice entered my mind. 
The boy said, You're going to be uncomfortable. All you have to do is breathe. I sat there wondering what it meant until the boy spoke again. It told me I was going to, quote-unquote, be sacrificed like Jesus and get beheaded. This threw me into a complete panic. My heart began racing and I started to have a mental breakdown. A few minutes later, some man knocked on my door. I answered and he gave me a pamphlet talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. My mind started racing out of control and I began, I became completely delirious. I thought for sure I was going to die. My thoughts shifted to my family and all I could think about was seeing them again. They were in Albuquerque at the time, so I decided to buy a one-way ticket there. When I reached the Spokane airport, my panic subsided. Everything was fine until I got on the plane to Albuquerque. I sat next to this huge man who kept telling me telepathically that he was going to crash the plane. Every time after he spoke, he would sniff emphatically. I didn't know what to do, so I just sat there trying to stay as calm as possible. The man became very angry about this and started touching my leg. The second he touched me, I could feel him inside my mind. This caused me to panic until I was on the verge of causing a scene. Before I did anything, he told me to calm down and said, You did a great job. You passed. Go enjoy your family. We have a job waiting for you when you get back. I thanked him and felt slightly relieved, but I had no intention of contacting him at all. My only thought was to get as far away from him as possible. After getting off the plane, I headed to the baggage claim. A huge group of them surrounded me there. I watched them cautiously. Then they all began sniffing at me. The sniff is something they do all of the time. I think it has something to do with dominance. When I finally got my bag, I left the airport as fast as I could. My parents were outside waiting for me to pick me up. I was so happy to see them again, I gave them big hugs and told them how much I loved them. This was my last happy moment in Albuquerque. However... They followed us everywhere we went after that. Whenever I saw one, they would sniff at me to let me know it was them. They would also smile, laugh, and stick their tongues out. As time went on, they started uh, coaxing me to go outside alone. I was scared to death they they would kill me, so I refused. Eventually, they threatened to harm my family, which caused me to give in to them. I told them I would do whatever they want if they left my family alone. They responded by saying, go to church. I knew they meant the altar, so I agreed to go when I got back. When I went to the altar for the first time, the people acted very strange. It was, in, it was unhuman. As I walked into the sermon room, everyone stared at me and began sniffing emphatically. Needless to say, I was scared as hell, but I took a seat. When the service began, a man came and sat down next to me. After he sat down, I began smelling something. It was a smell I had never smelled before. The only thing I can compare it to is a reptile and vinegar. After smelling it, I became very uncomfortable. I tried to remain calm and just sat there quietly until the service was over. When the service ended, they said, You can leave now. After that, I knew I wasn't dealing with the government anymore. I realized, I realized that whoever I was dealing with was extraterrestrial, so I became very scared. I received no further instructions from them after that, so I began applying for jobs again. Even though I had done exactly as I was told, they still followed me everywhere I went. As time went on, they started harassing me day and night. I began to hear voices more often, and I began to hallucinate things that I knew weren't real. They also started playing with me sexually, 
both the males and the females would play out their sexual fantasies in my mind. This came with random and uncontrollable erections, as well as extreme anal stimulation. See Brain and Behavior and Martian Tech. The harassment continued for weeks and intensified as time went on. I did my absolute best to maintain my sanity and try to avoid them. This worked for a while, but eventually I had a huge meltdown. One day I was in a bakery at Safeway, and when I get surrounded by a bunch of old men, some of them looked at me and sniffed, so I knew it was them. They started stimulating my penis and anus simultaneously, then they spoke aggressively. They said, Humans are nothing more than a result of a successful genetic experiment. You are a threat to the way these people think, and you can no longer be free in society. Your life is over. You are nothing but a toy. Your purpose now is to suck. They continued to say other explicit things that were so obscene I won't repeat them here. Before they finished talking, I became enraged. It took every ounce of willpower I had not to kill them. I left the store and tried to calm down, but it only got worse. The rest of the night, they continually stimulated my penis and I couldn't stop ejaculating. It got to the point where I was in serious pain. They finally stopped after I broke down and became completely distraught. I knew I couldn't take any more, so I attempted suicide. I filled a charcoal grill with lit coals, put it in my car, and rolled up the windows. I reclined my seat, laid there calmly, then fell asleep. I should have died, but they woke me up in an extreme panic, which caused me to get out of my car. As I slowly regained consciousness, I felt very upset to still be alive. I had no clue where to go at this point, so I decided to check myself into the VA. They shipped me straight to the mental ward, and I, I was admitted. Nothing improved while I was there. The medication they gave me did absolutely nothing. I just sat there surrounded by a bunch of psychotic people and became exasperated. I knew their goal was to ruin my life and making me into a crazy person. I became determined, I became determined not to let that happen, and I started fighting back. After leaving the VA, everything I tried to do with my life was sabotaged. They didn't want me dead, but they were also weren't going to let me live. In desperation, I went back to the altar to ask him what they wanted from me. I didn't know what else to do. Before I tell you their reply, I need to make an important uh, caveat here. I had, I had endured so much abuse by this time that I was numb to them. The details of what I, they've done to me aren't essential to the story, so I won't include them here. If you want to know more about what I've been through, or more about them, write me. I just realized I've been tortured more than a just realized I've been tortured more than a prisoner of war. Their response was, "We want you as our sex slave." Thinking they were serious, I sat there waiting for them to do something. All they did was say, "Keep coming to church." So I did. After a few more services, I found myself talking to Tim Remington face to face. He was telling me that I should consider becoming a minister. We were in mid-conversation when he suddenly revealed himself to me. I have no clue how he did it, but it looked as if his human face became his real face. It happened for only one to two seconds, but I was able to draw a sketch of what I saw. His eyes really stood out, so they captured my attention. They were huge and bulging. The eyelids were darker green, and the irises were yellow-slash-brown with slit pupils. After witnessing this, nothing else happened. I continued attending the altar for a few more services, waiting for them to do something. They did nothing except for tell me to submit and surrender. I had no clue what they meant, so I left the church and never went back.
August 2015 to present time, Card Lane, Idaho. After leaving the altar, they gave me some breathing room. They held back on their harassment, and I began to recover. I decided to make one final attempt at a normal life by pursuing a career as a pharmacist. I started taking classes at NIC to finish up the prereqs I needed. I also started volunteering at a local pharmacy. Unfortunately, they followed me to school. There were several of them in every class I took. They made it impossible for me to study, and they continually harassed me, especially while I took tests. Even with all of this going on, I still somehow managed to get an A- in A&P during the, file, during the fall semester. Sadly, my success was short-lived. The pressure this semester, spring 2016, is far too intense. Every time I go to class, they started manipulating my brain until I go into a blind rage. Sometimes they suppress my brain until I begin to black out. They also manipulate my heart rate and, the flo- and flood my body with adrenaline over and over again, making me extremely uncomfortable. The females stimulate my penis when they are close, and the males stimulate my anus. It's incredibly exhausting. I struggled to pass my test, so they couldn't blame this on me fa- failing out of school. I, went to conti- I want to continue, but I simply cannot. Every moment I spend in this classroom is absolute torture. The classes themselves are extremely difficult without all of this added pressure. The worst part is I received an interview for ISU's pharmacy program. Since I cannot continue with the classes, there is no reason to go to the interview. My chance at a normal life has been ruined. They've also been depriving me of sleep, so I don't have the strength to continue. I was too smart for my own good, so they decided to remove me from society. They were worried I might change the way other people think, which could lead to problems. Problems in the form of scientific revolution. If we get much smarter as a species, we are going to become a threat to their existence. If you talk to me in person, you will see that I'm not crazy at all. The Martians are just so good at hiding in plain sight that no one would know they exist unless they have revealed themselves. They are able to fool us so well that what I'm saying sounds impossible. However, they are 100% real. Realize their technology is millions of years more advanced than ours. Think about that for a second. Think about the advancements we've made in the last hundred years. Once you've done that, try to imagine what millions of years of technology would look like. The president is well aware of them, which is why I wrote him a personal letter. I hope he does something about it. I've done nothing wrong to deserve what's happened to me. I tried literally everything to find a job, and they sabotaged me at every corner. Initially, I thought the right thing to do was kill myself. After attempting suicide twice, it became clear they weren't going to let me die easy. My last resort was to take actions to bring this to the public's attention. I hope something good comes of it. Just realize that I'm a good person, and I'm completely innocent. Also realize that people, that the people I killed are not what you think. Alright, and last note here, to make it very clear, Tim and John were not wild human beings. Wild humans equals normal people like you and I. Tim and John equals minds that were controlled from birth by Martians. It's hard to imagine, I know. Nonetheless, it's all true. Why would I give up a career as a pharmacist to do this? I left out many details from my story. I wanted to write only the most critical events. In order to make it coherent... If you want to know more, like how I discovered there are multiple species of them, feel free to berate me. Uh, now for the Q&A section. Why would aliens hide in a church? 
Same reason terrorists hide in mosques. If you're doing very bad things and you want to avoid getting caught, you will put up a front to make yourself look like a good person. How do you know about their technology? I've seen them use it, and they have talked to me about it. This was how I learned about their breeding stock of remote control humans. Physically, their humans are no different than us. They just lack a mind of their own. Why would they tell you so much? They value me because I'm smart. They were also very confident they could take control of my mind. Turns out they couldn't. Anyway, in the internum, some of us developed a personal relationship. They are very arrogant, so they told me much more than they should have. This allowed me to understand some of the things they can do. What else have you seen? I've seen them make things appear out of nowhere. One time I was sitting on a couch and a dollar bill appeared on my lap. Another time while driving, they made a paper bag appear in my passenger seat. They use random, unsuspecting items so no one would think anything of it. I was alone both times this happened. I'm pretty sure they can pop in and out of this dimension based on other things I've seen. I'm also pretty sure they can overlap our reality with an alternate dimension. I say this because I have gone into stores where I know the employees, and suddenly they're all new employees who I've never seen before. Some of the other things I've seen are so strange I literally cannot describe them. This all makes sense, though. Their technology is millions of years ahead of ours, so it should be incomprehensible to us. Why did they target you? They started following me after I encountered the being through meditation. Since my mind was so expanded from the experience, they deemed me a threat to the rest of society. They thought I would change the way people think, so they decided to remove me from society. I began to have profound thoughts about genetics while I was at graduate school, which is another factor. If certain, things, if certain ways of thinking are allowed to exist, revolutions will take place. They could not afford for us to have a revolutions in genetics. If we did, we could eliminate diseases, cancers, and many other things that plague us. They need us to remain ignorant and continue struggling, otherwise we will become a threat to them. And he wrote a few notes to Mr. President, President Obama, and he says... I want to thank you for the sacrifice to this country. It's very upsetting to hear that you talk. It's very upsetting to hear you talk about the things they do to you. Why do you let them? I suppose you have no other choice. I've been struggling with them myself for over a year now. I had nothing to lose, so I chose this instead. I could never tolerate that much abuse. I hope you don't take any of their threats too seriously. Everything is a game to them. Realize they consider the entire human race a plaything, including you. They bragged me about what they do to you. I'm sure you already know, but he doesn't love you. Their brains don't even work that way. I don't know you personally, but they've shown me a lot about you. You're an amazing person. I hope you stop letting them humiliate you. Why be afraid to retaliate? Kennedy wasn't. It's time someone took a stand to end this nonsense. Can you think of a better legacy than that? What's worse? having everyone know the reality of the situation, or watching some of our best and brightest become slaves. I wish you the very best with the remainder of your presidency. If you're still in there, stay strong. And he also left a note of noteworthy Martians. U.S. Senators, I'll, I'll name a few. Mitch McConnell, he, he marked as one. Patty Murray, Richard Durbin, Roger Wickner, Roy Blunt, Tom Carper, Ben Cardin, Roy, uh, Ron Wyden, Tim Scott, Bill Cassidy, Barbara Mikulski, Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> I believe that one, 
Kelly Ayoti, uh, John Barrasso, Gian Shashin, and Debbie Stape. Now, he also uh, put a larger list of the U.S. House of Representatives of amphibious reptilians, as well as a big list of Israeli leadership. Um, I do think it's funny Mitch McConnell is on there because he does look like a lizard. Um, he also uh, leaves a note that says uh, it is not an all-inclusive list. It's just uh, a few he could think of. Um, the rest of the manifesto is, is more of um, what he thinks about the reality of the situation. And he starts with this. Um, early civilization and the Bible. Uh, and I'm going to just summarize these ones because... Uh, um, well, I, I don't think they're terribly relevant. <clears throat> but he basically talks about how uh, he believes that these amphibious humanoids and these reptilians uh, used to visit the ancient city of Ur, which is uh, located in ancient Mesopotamia. Um, he makes the claims that all religions are BS and that the Bible was inspired by Martians. And uh, that they created religion to keep mankind divided, etc., uh, etc. Et he also says to go read The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins, which I'm not a big Richard Dawkins fan. I, I think it's a bit more complicated than, than uh, how Richard Dawkins lays it out. Um, then he goes to our plight, which is... Um, where he, he tries to kind of make links between people like John F. Kennedy and Dwight D. Eisenhower and how they knew about these aliens long before uh, we do today. Um, going on here, Martian brain and behavior. He says they are hypersexual, hyperaggressive, uh, and that they're fearful and paranoid. Um which is really marks of the reptilian brain, if you're familiar with that concept. Um, <clears throat> he goes into their origins in part one, uh, where he talks about cosmology and different parts of the universe where he believes they originated. Um, going on here, uh, Martian technology. He has a few pages on Martian technology in which he quotes uh, Nikola Tesla right off the bat. He says, if you wish to understand the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, then he also leaves, uh, you heard this earlier in the podcast, he leaves a picture of the sketch he drew of what they look like, and it looks pretty ridiculous, I'm not going to lie. Uh, also here, he leaves his military enlistment forms. Or uh, the DD Form 214, as Blade was saying earlier. Uh, his undergraduate degree from University of Idaho. As well as his unofficial transcript from all of those places. Just to prove that he was, in fact, who he said he was. Um, we have reached the end. Thank you for listening and bearing through that bizarre story. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh... I, I'm still very fascinated by this story. I, you know, whenever I hear about crazy people, uh, there's always part of me that thinks maybe they're not too crazy, you know. But, you know, 
maybe it was. <laughs> you guys have a good day. Um, thank you again for listening. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah, that's it. 